and is satisfying your wrath towards us. And we take that today, Father, and we bring it out to the masses. In the name of Jesus. I want to start with Isaiah 50 and 4. It's become... I always say every scripture is my favorite. But this one's become one of my favorites. And yes, we say it a lot. But if you want to stand with me. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Lord God has opened my ears, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I'm going to open up with a word of poetry here. Um, I was inspired to write this down. So uh, I was in the spirit when I wrote this down. It's like, wow, God... Look at what you're saying to us. So it is this day and this time and this today I make my stand. For I know He loves me. I can see it in His nail-scarred hands. Whether a day old or a lifetime in the cold, today is still today. I call out to the One who called my name as I begin to pray. Not because of what you have done, but because of my Son, I heard my Father say, Because you believed on me, just as I am with my son, so are we as one today. So today is a new day. Before me, God has gone and paved the way. I pick up my cross and I bear it today. Oh, I wonder, oh, how I wonder whom he will send my way. This is such a beautiful, beautiful today. The message tonight, if we can have that slide... The title of the message is Being the Reason. And I've got on top of there 1,440 minutes. Now, 1,440 minutes, just to make it very simple for everybody. For the military folks, you can multiply 60 minutes in an hour, uh, and that will give you 1,440 minutes in a day. For those on the 12 o'clock hour, then you can do 12 by 60, come up with 720, and multiply by 2. And you'll still come up with the 1,440. When I put this message together, I was praying in the Spirit, and, and God said, being the reason that other people find and see Christ. Being the reason that other people look at what you're doing. Look at what your actions are. Looking at what your your, your words are and how you speak and how you interact with them and to say, I want to know your Jesus. I want to know your Jesus. I want to know what you've got. I had a friend ask me, how can you be so happy? Now, I want to back this up with a little bit of fact. About a year ago, I got wind that my company was going to be on a slow roll to closing. And... That day actually has come. It came on the 15th. And and that was officially my last day with the company. Except the day before, they called me up and said, we haven't ran out of things for you to do. Can you work some (laughs) part-time? So I've got two more weeks of part-time work to do for them. And then that will be my last day. But I've actually helped them over the last three to four years close 43 facilities between here, San Antonio, and Austin. I'm down to five that just need to be turned over to the management of the building or to whomever 
that I have left to do, and technically we're down to probably none, but I officially have to hand some stuff off. I'm actually the last man standing in Houston uh, as far as an employee of the company. There's nobody else who's an employee of the company who's in the Houston market at this point. Um, when I started all of this, about three to four we, uh, three to four months ago, um, we had some really tremendous tasks that I had to take care of. And so I kind of disappeared out of prayer, and I've been working usually from 6 to 7 o'clock in the morning until the late hours of the evening, even including last night. I was working past 7.30, 8 o'clock last night. So during this time, I've been there in front of myself. And, and I didn't have the, the support or picking on of Mike. <laughs> I didn't have my, my brother Randy and, and him telling about the latest revelation that he's heard from God. I, I didn't have my friend Brian. Uh, we, we, I was on the phone. I was talking to people. But I was also a lot alone in these facilities. And so what has Satan been trying to whisper in my ears? He says, you need to be a fearful of what's coming. See, see, you have no identity anymore. My, my, I used to pick on my wife's, I'd hold on to my badge. My badge meant something. It was my identity. And, and so, you, know, you have no identity anymore. Your resume is not good enough to find a job like this again. Um, and then he would throw at me minute after minute after minute distractions. Distractions after distractions. And, and along the way, I found out, you know, distractions can become addictive. So uh, let me give you a prime example of that. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, just think about this in your heart. How many of you are on Facebook or YouTube and you click on a video, let's say Facebook, you're, you click on the video, and most videos are only two minutes long. But an hour later, you've watched about 20 videos. <laughs> Now, everybody laughing right now has gone through this. It was a distraction. It was to take you away from something else. And then you come back and you say, well, wait a minute, when did I click on this? And, and you've just lost that time. You've lost those minutes to something that really has no relevance in what you're doing. So, when all of this was taking place, I had the most wonderful of opportunities. Now, in the middle of all of this, my wife, the, the, the walking miracle back there, we got to give God the praise and glory for, for what my wife has gone through. First of all, she shouldn't have been walking at all. She shouldn't have been walking at all. And she was walking. She was in a lot of pain. And now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with her. I got fired from my job of driver. She, she, she took back the wheel of her truck, and she's back at work, and we're only talking three weeks. Three weeks, she's out doing this. There's only a few things that she can't do herself. I love my wife so much. I am so thankful to see God working in her life right before me. So all this time that I'm sitting there in the, the, the emergency rooms and I'm closing them and I'm shutting the doors and I'm getting stuff out. Here's what I got to do. When he said, bring on the fear, I said, fear doesn't own me. 
When I said, I'm hopelessness, I said, well, that's fine, but I'm hopeful. You know, I remember what pastor taught us. I remember pastor said, when Satan tells you to go left, when Satan tells you to be fearful, say, thank you, sir, I'm going to go stand over here where I'm not in fear. That's my job. Because I'm a child of the living God. My word that's in front of me, the word that God has put in front of me, says He did not give me the spirit of fear. So if I'm in the spirit, if I'm walking in the spirit, He didn't give me the spirit of fear. So that's the case. Satan's a liar. I don't have to be in fearful, fear for what it's tomorrow. I've told everybody in that company who's ever asked me, I said, look, God pays my paycheck. He always has. He has never let me down my whole life. Even when I was stumbling and falling and falling over myself, God paved the way and opened doors, mighty, mighty doors. And so why am I worried? And I was counting up and I've got some outside clients and everything else. I'm covered for the next two to three months of bills. I don't have to rush out and take the first job that comes my way. I can wait for the job that God has for me. I am blessed. We are blessed, my wife and I. So while I'm doing all this work, I got to praise God. Not only did my job go to the 15th, but it's continuing still. I also get to praise God. I've got some side work already lined up starting in November. I've already got that moving. All of that's going on. I didn't have to do anything for it. God's already paved the way. I got to go through the halls and I used to pray without ceasing. I used to break out in tongues whenever I thought, I'd, uh, just walking down the hall, I'd start singing in tongues. I remember the first day I ever started singing in tongues, I was going down the hallway and pastor was here on a, on a prayer morning and, and so I walked by him and he looked at me and I said, I don't know, I just started singing in tongues. So, so speaking in tongues, might as well sing in tongues. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I got to pray for others. Time and time and time again, I found people who really wanted to be working at the end of their employment. And time and time and time again, I found out every single one of them found a job and they were walking into a job on the last day of their employment. Now, this is in a time when the medical field says there's not a lot of jobs out there for nurses and doctors and all of this stuff. Those who wanted the job walked right into it. I got to pray with a lot of them. Some of you know, and I put out some prayer requests, I had to move mountains during this time. The mountains that were before me, those mountains were huge. There were things that one person or a couple of people were not going to be able to get done. And I prayed and I said, God, I can look at this and I can say, I can't get this done. It was a three-week project we had. I cannot get this done. Or I can say, God, you said, you fight my battles. And so I know that I'm going to pray right now and that you're going to find a way. And I know on the last day of the deadline, we got, uh, I think it was eight to ten facilities cleared out in a three-week period of time. Part of that was donations that went on to Nigeria. Part of that went over to other places. Why? Because I prayed and said, God, I want to move these mountains. Why? Because I'm a child of the living God. You know, I can keep going on and going on, but I really want to get into the heart of this message tonight. There's an urgency 
uh, Revelation 22, 6 and 7. There's an urgency. So, so we hear a lot about right this time, right this place. We hear a lot about the end times. A lot of predictions, a lot of stuff going on. And, and I want to make something really clear. And, and I, I'm hoping Pastor can back me up on this. There is nobody that gets to say when Jesus is coming back. There is nobody that can say, tomorrow Jesus is coming back at 12.30 at such and such a time. But the Bible does say we can recognize the times. The Bible says to be ready always, in season and out of season. It says to be ready when Jesus comes. Uh, Larry, Pastor Larry was talking about the other day, the, the ten virgins and the filling of the oil. Half of them did not have their oil filled. Are we going out every day and are we filling our oil? Are we, are we filling our oil, uh, oil canisters so that our lamps will stay lit? Are we doing that? Think about that 1,440 minutes that you have every day. The Bible calls it today. The Bible calls it today. What are we doing with that 1,440 minutes? Are we allowing the distractions of the world to pull us away from the Word of God, pull us away from the purpose of God, or are we opening up the doors to allow God to use us fully each and every day that we're out in the field? So the urgency of the Word says, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. This is six. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show him the servants, the things that must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly. Again, clarifying, I don't get to say when. He sits at the right hand of God. He died on the cross in Calvary, resurrected, and now stands at the right hand of God, exalted. Because of that, we have life and we have it more abundantly. We are the sons and daughters of the living God and we're called to a purpose and a plan. Right now, right this, and today is the day to make your stand. Today is the day to say, you know what? I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take my today and make it something more than I ever have before. Revelation 10.7 has it, um, and, and you can put it up there, but I'm, I'm going to talk just a brief thing. Think about the moments in time. Now, we're talking about today. We're talking about this day, and tomorrow we'll start another today. But there are very important moments in time. There was the beginning of time. In the beginning, God created. And then along the way, there was the fall of man, which plunged the world into darkness and separated us from God. But then there were the prophets and all who started talking about a Savior. Savior named Jesus Christ. This is the plan of the world. When we look outside, there's a lot of stuff happening out there. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening out there. But where do we stand? We stand in the hope and promises of what God said. And when we follow after the the Lord, we take that moment of time when Jesus died on the cross and and so here's revelation 10 7 it says but in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel when he is about to sound 
the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets. And so here we're talking about a mystery is going to be finished in these latter days. So even before the time of the final end, there is a time when the mystery of God would be finished. Now, I I would say half, three quarters, most everybody knows what the mystery of God is, but we're going to go to Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Colossians 1. The mystery which has been hidden from ages, from the generations, and now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of your glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The Spirit of God living with man came after Jesus was exalted at the right hand of God and on the day of Pentecost the Spirit of God entered into those in the upper room. From there it went out to 500 and then whoosh across the land to the day that somebody came to you and said, you need to know Jesus. And then the day that came that said, I accept and believe. And then God places His Spirit in you. The Spirit of God, the mystery of the Spirit of God and how we live and breathe and have our being in the Spirit. How we live and breathe and have our being in Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. That's where we stand today. We're called to a greater purpose than we even ever realized. Finally, Revelations 21, 5 through 7. Not finally, finally, finally of this section. Uh, 21, 5 through 7. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give you. Give of the fountains of the waters of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. There is waters flowing. Those of us who are walking the Spirit, who keep our eyes on Jesus, the waters are flowing through us. We are... And the the next section we're going to is the epistles of the Word. We're the tablets that have been written on. I want you to think about it. I was bragging on our church earlier today. I want you to think about this. The epistles of the Word, the Word written on our hearts. Pastor Goodluck, every week he prepares a message. Now, I I know pastor's routine. To a point. I know pastor's routine. He prays. He prays. He prays. He prays. And he prays. And God gives him a word. And says, put it together. And he comes up here and he preaches a word. On faith. On hope. On life. And we take it in. We take that word in. Pastor Larry teaches a word. Pastor Mike teaches a word. Pastor Joy, Pastor Karen, they teach a word. We take it in. And then that word starts to flow out of us. In 2 Corinthians 3, 2-6, through 
You are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ towards God. And now that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Is this our testimony? Does the word that we hear on Sundays and Wednesdays and, and, and Sunday school and, and even during the week as we read Samuel, First uh, and Second Samuel, as we read the word, do we take it in and do we let that word permeate our being? Do we become living epistles as we're walking out there amongst the people? That's our job. That's what we're called to. Is this your testimony? Um, I, had a, I had a testimony from a dear friend of mine, a co-worker of mine, on her last day. And she said to me this, she said, thanks again for everything you've done to help me and support me through this process in my life. Your talks did not go in vain. You helped me become a better prayer warrior and grow my faith in Christ. I look forward to the next chapter in my life, knowing God has per- perfect timing. I don't know what I said to her. <laughs> I do know I had the opportunity to either just be a goofball or preach the Word. Many times. I spent a lot of time... And, and I'll tell you the honest truth. When I needed help, remember those mountains I was telling you about? She was one of the ones that came and worked with me with a couple other people. And her testimony that day was, with all you've done for me, I can't think of a better thing to do than to help you finish this project. And she worked day and night for several days on the projects to help get things done that needed to get done that I would never have gotten done. I didn't even ask her. I didn't even ask her. Are we epistles of the Word? Is the Word written on your hearts when you go out to the store, when you go out to the gas station, when you go out to these places? My next section is what I probably should have called this message in the first place. Any given today. 1,440 minutes is of your day. 1,440 minutes make up today. And tomorrow morning when you wake up, your today has already started. Some of those minutes have been used up by sleep. We're not going to knock that off the list. The reason this message came to me on, on the 1,440 minutes, and, and if I hear a, a laugh out of my wife, then Um, I know she'll understand this. Over the last two weeks, I've been examining my 1,440 minutes. God doesn't give us a message to teach that doesn't teach us ourselves. Uh, Really, honestly. 
And although I work really hard and all that, I have some habits that need to break. I spend just a little bit too much time on the phone. Don't laugh too much. (laughs) I've allowed distractions to get in my way. Now, that phone has become a lifeline for a lot of things in people's lives. But how important is it if I'm not spending time with my wife? Or if I'm not reaching out to my nephew and speaking to him? Or if I'm not reaching out to my mom? Now, I need the phone to call my mom. She's in Vermont. But... What's important in our life? Examine that 1,440 minutes. Take a look at it. Every today is a gift of God. He's called each of every one of us to the purpose and plan for His kingdom. Every breath we take is an opportunity to praise Him. Even today is a gift. Our today is a gift. He didn't have to give it to us. He holds us in his hands. He didn't have to give us this. Hebrews 4 and 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David today, after such a time as it has been, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews 10, 12 through 14 says, but this man, after he has offered one sacrifice for sin, forever sat down at the right hand of God. From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. We are being sanctified daily. And in our walk, we have the opportunity If all you had was 1,440 minutes left, I've asked this question before. Who out there needs to know Jesus that you haven't talked to yet? You haven't shared the word with yet? You haven't gone out there and put yourself out there? You know, one other thing I noticed that came upon me while I've been doing all this closures and I've been... uh, uh, singing in tongues and all of that stuff, I've had a bolder faith than I'd ever seen before. I had an opportunity, I was um, a blessing. God gave me a blessing. We had money in the bank, uh, not only to take care of, of Don's hip, but we had money in the bank to fix my car. Um, I had some problems with it. $1,500 bill is not something that easily comes along, and we had quite a bit of money in there that we weren't really expecting to have in the bank at the time. So I dropped it off at Christian Brothers, and and they took me out to um, uh, the hospital where I was working, and they came and picked me up. Both of those times, I had two different people, and I got to minister to both of them on the way out and on the way in. And and the testimony of the lady on the way back said, I'm going to think about that, and I think I'm going to go to church on Sunday. And she she attends another church, so... It was a bold faith. I stepped out on faith and I said, you know what, God? I'm going to make sure that whoever I meet along the way is going to know about Jesus. He's going to hear about Jesus one way or another. 
I was out on a walk. I was just uh, uh, praising God this morning down at the Kip, uh, Kicker Willow Park. And I'm walking around one of the areas I love to walk around. And these two ladies come along. And, and I got to talk to them about God and Jesus and creation. Why? Because I'm ready in season and out of season. Let this be our confession. Let this be our, our truth. Let's, let's take this out into the world. Let's be the people that God has called us to be. The children of the living God. Um, I want to go to the section. We're going to skip over a couple of scriptures for time. Um, we're going to go to the section called Being the Reason Others Find Jesus. There is a scripture, as I was doing this study, there was a scripture that just hit me in the face. It was like a, a rushing wind when I took it in. And it's, it's actually at the end of the book. Revelation 22, 16 and 17. It says, I, Jesus, starting in 16, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David the bright and morning star. And 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Let's start with that uh, 17 again and say, and the Spirit and the Bride. We are being prepared for the be the Bride of Christ. We are the Bride of Christ. Because we are the Bride of Christ, as the Spirit is in us, we should also be saying, come, come, come. That's part of the Great Commission. We've been told to go out. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're filled with the Spirit of God today, if the Spirit of God lives within you today, the Spirit will speak for you. You will have words to speak at that moment you need to speak to somebody. And God will do all the work. He will put the people in your path that you get to minister to. You've been called to be ministers of the Word. But the ministry in the Word, as I've learned and growing in this so much, I've learned that it's being the best employee I could be. The best friend I could be. The best I could be at, at sharing when the time and opportunity comes. Now, don't get me wrong. I've missed my opportunity to minister some people. I'm not going to live in the condemnation of that where Satan wants me to live but I used it as a learning and growing experience to say, if God tells me to open my mouth and say something to somebody, He's got purpose behind it. I shouldn't be afraid. I shouldn't let it overtake me. I'm going to go and give the Word to that person. And time and time and time again, over the last three months, I can't tell you how many people now know today that I'm a minister of the Word and their testimony is, I want to know Jesus because of that. We're seed planters. 
we don't have to do the work on the, on the background. What we do is we go and put ourselves in a position today. In our 1,440 minutes, when we wake up in the morning, are we praising God? Are we giving Him the glory? Are we allowing Him to teach us whatever it is that He wants us to do? Are we saying, Lord, I'm looking forward to You who You've put in our path, my path today. I'm looking forward to it. Who can I minister to today? Who can I do today? Not my work, but the work that He did and prepared before the foundation of the world. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, I'll try and rewrite the names of the Bible, uh, 4, 1 through 6, your walk is a ministry. One, therefore, since we have this ministry, okay, so that kind of clears it right up, we have a ministry. We have a purpose and a plan set by God. We are part of the ministry. Well, I'm a new Christian. Doesn't matter, you're now part of the ministry. Remember that other passage there? It said the Spirit and the Bride said come, and then those who hear it say come. You're part of the ministry. It's all right, we've got enough people here that can help you. And, and, and remember, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help our brothers. We see our brother in a fault, we want to reach out to him. We want to go and, and help them up. We're planting seeds. So two, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. If you present the gospel to somebody and they don't seem to respond, God knows their heart. We don't have to worry about that. If you're, you might be the person, the first person of seven who are going to present the gospel to them before they turn and say, God, I need you. Took quite a few people to talk to me. Took, took Al Gregrick to stand in front of me, say a whole bunch of things to me that he still doesn't know to this day what he said. And I had to look at him going, he can't know that. It's got to be somebody else talking to me. But I was stubborn before that. But people talked to me and talked to me and talked to me and talked to me until finally God knew that day. So I don't worry if I present the word to somebody. God gets to give the increase. I'm just planting the seed or I'm just laying the water. God gives the increase. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded who do not believe least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Your walk, how people see you, how you present yourself every day. In your 1,440 minutes, are you letting anger overtake you? Are you letting frustration? Are you not forgiving? Those things are important to our walk in Christ because other people see that. How you respond. My friend who asked me, um, 
Another friend of mine asked me, are you not worried? No. I've tried to be. It just doesn't work. I'm not worried. God's got this. Now, if I wasn't in Christ, I might be worried. But I know he's got it. He holds my future. He holds the cattle on a thousand hills. If I need to eat, he'll tell me what hill to go to. That's my God. We're going to go to John 13. How you love is a testimony. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. It is in our today, it's in our time, that we are called. It's our today that we cast off, cast off the old self and step into a new life and a new purpose. It's our today that we walk in the fullness of Christ. He can place those people in our path that, 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 to do the work. In, in Hebrews um, 4, it talks about the fact that He prepared the works before the foundation of the world. He's already done it. He's already got the works in front. They're not our works. All these people I've met along the way that I get to minister to and, 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 and preach the word to, I never knew that. I didn't set that up. God put them in our, my path that I can minister the gospel. And you know what? In ministering to them, many of them ministered back to me. And usually at times I really needed to hear a word. So God used them for me as much as he used me for them. In the name of Jesus. So let this mind be in you. We're going to go to 1 Peter 2, 15-17. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as a bondservant of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the King. How you love, how your mind works is it doesn't matter who they are in front of you. They're a child that may need Christ or might have Christ but needs encouragement or you just need to strengthen a brother who's walking in Christ. You do it not because of you, but because He's great. God is great. God put us here this day, this time, this hour. And I am almost done, believe it or not. Being the example. Final part of this message. When I put this message together, I heard the Lord say, I want you to teach on being the example of Christ. I, I can't think of a better scripture to start this section off with is John 13, 13 through 15. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another one's. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. 
there's another passage I didn't include in here where Jesus said, you will do greater things in my name. Heal the sick. Help the brokenhearted. Find the people that, that and, and we don't have to find them. We just have to be out there. We have to be willing to be the people every day that when God says, I want you to go and have lunch at this place. And when you get there, when you sit down, God says, go talk to this one. Go say a word to the, to the lady at the counter saying, Jesus loves you. Or, or you sit down with somebody in a car who's going to take you on an Uber and God says, I want you to tell him this. I want you to tell him that. Put yourself into a position and be the example that Christ set. Love people. Hope for people. Um, Matthew, we're going to jump to Matthew 5, 13 and 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a light lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I'm going to end this back at Rev, uh, Revelation 22:16 and 17. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whomever desires, let him take water of life, the water of life freely. Rivers of living water flow from us. If you're new in Christ, or if you just accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and started to believe, but you're not sure you don't have those rivers of living water flowing through you tonight, I want you to pray. Whether you're here or, or, or out in the world uh, through the Internet tonight, I want you to pray tonight that these rivers are flowing through you, that God gives you the Holy Spirit to walk with you, to be a part of you the rest of your life. Father, we glorify you tonight. We praise you tonight. We thank you, Father. And Father God, all of those in the, in the sound of my voice who are calling out to you and say, I want those rivers. Father God, place your Spirit in them today. In the name of Jesus, may all the shackles and chains be broken in our lives. Father God, help us to do the work that we are called to do, Father, and help us to, Father God, put asunder all the distractions. And Father God, as we have died to ourselves and risen again as new creations in You, we stand here in victory, Father. 
We stand here in victory, Father, that the old man is dead, and as he tries to call to us, Father, we turn away and we stand in your hope and your faith and your power tonight, Lord. We break every shackle and chain that keeps us from being the ministers that you called us. We thank you, Father, for every opportunity to bring the word to others. And that you use us, Father, for your purpose and your plan. We stand today, Father, in hope and peace as we go forth. And tomorrow's 1,440 minutes, God, we give it to you. We pray without ceasing. We pick up our cross. And we're ready to, to minister in season, in season and out of season. And Father, if all we can do is bear a testimony of how much you love us, I pray, Father, that it moves mountains before us. As we call on your name, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in front of us, that you're paving the way for the kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you.